0: Well, was that the worst game of the year for the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think that might have to qualify. Um, You know, you're going to get all the facts from me in this one. Um, This is not going to be a very positive-centric episode. I will warn you all right now before I hit the drop. uh, We're going to recap this, you know, the best I can. I'm going to be as objective as I usually am. And, you know, I got all my notes here, and let's just get right into it. Here comes a full recap episode of this awful loss by the penguins to the oilers tonight right after this drop you're locked on penguins your daily podcast on the pittsburgh penguins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LOLers or Penguins. If you are listening to this episode, just know I love you. Um, I don't know how you're going to go out of your way to listen to an episode where I am about to just lay into the team for everything that happened tonight. And, you know, just been what's been season-long issues, month-long issues. Um, Nobody is safe tonight. That includes Sidney Crosby. That includes Mike Sullivan, that includes everyone in the penguins organization right now. Um, what that two and a half hours just was, it was humiliating, embarrassing, disgusting, um, flat out just awful by the penguins. Um, I get very 2015 vibes when I when I've been watching them lately, and that's not good. I mean, remember, you know, they had Crystal Tang go down just a few games before the playoffs. They weren't playing well going into that, and, you know, they they lost in five games. You know, they had a tied 1-1 series against the Rangers going back to PPG Paints Arena, and then they lost the last three games. And then, you know, there were some serious changes made, and obviously the Penguins went on to win a couple cups in a row, but, you know, I don't see that happening here. That's to say the least. You know, I've been an optimist. All year, you know, you, you've heard me on this podcast say numerous times, that you guys are all returning listeners, this team's a contender. They're going to be fine. They're going to figure this out. And I remember after that loss in in Denver, I said, you know what? They're going to continue to play like this in the month of April. You know, they should have gotten a, a point or maybe even a win out of that game. I wasn't concerned. Um, ever since then, though, this has just been a downward slide by the Penguins that I, I didn't see coming. Um, everything has gone wrong. The power play's in a two for 26 funk. The Penalty kill's gone down a little bit. The goaltending hasn't been as good. The 5v5 play hasn't been good. They're getting outskated on a nightly basis. At this point, the net front play has been awful. Weird its ugly head again tonight on a couple goals. Um, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Penguins. And you know what? For tonight's game especially, it all started at the morning skate. And, you know, some of you may be like, well, you know, you got to give those lines a shot. You know, maybe what if they would have won the game? And I'm like, you know, with those kind of lines, uh, you know, my confidence went down. And sure enough, you know, when you put Brock McGinn, and you know, friend of the show, great person. But when you're playing him in the top six and you're making changes for the sake of making changes, what's the point? Sure, you lost a bad game in Philadelphia, whatever. Second half of a back-to-back. Keep your top six intact. I just – I don't understand it. And you're going to put Jason Zucker. I know he got hurt again tonight with a worse center in Jeff Carter who is not having a good year ever since, you know, he started those first 10 to 20 games. And, of course, he was rewarded with an extension that continues to look worse and worse. I'm probably going to get to that a little bit later on in this episode. But, you know, it just it all just reeks again of, you know, I, I'm going to do something for the sake of it. I'm going to throw crap at the wall and hope that it sticks, and that was part of it. You know, McGinn. I know he has 12 goals this year, but you know, um, even strength-wise, offensively, he sucks the life out of offense. I don't know why Mike Sullivan wanted to put him with Evgeny Malkin. I understand you want to get Gino going. His five v five play, I think, has been mainly fine, but still, it's not up to his usual standards. But you keep Jason Zucker in that spot, and you know maybe if you want to put Raquel down there and move Brian Rust up, I think I'd be maybe a little more okay with that. Um, I still disagreed with moving Raquel off the Crosby line. That line's been, I don't know, their best line for the last week or two. You know, ever since Ricard Raquel came over and they, they started off with some shifts on the Sid line before they you know eventually made it a little bit of a full time thing, it's been one of the it's been one of the best lines in hockey. And to just abandon that after a few games, um, I, I don't get it. Uh, to say the least, these lines were not it. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen that he was on the third line. Um, he's basically un- unplayable at this point in the third period. Um, just made brutal passes up to the point, you know, side to side. No one was in the area. He's got to be benched. Um, there's, there's—he is doing nothing right now um, to warrant being having played in on the roster. I would put Brian Boyle over him at this point, point. and you know, I didn't think. I'd be saying that, but you know, with how bad Kapanen was tonight, you know, he he hasn't earned his ice time. At the end of the day, that is how it is. He has not earned his ice time. Sorry, I mean that's just that, that that's how I see it. Um, you know, there's another issue that was very, you know, they it came reared its ugly head again tonight as well, and. Yeah, and the Penguins, they get back in the game. They tie it. Everything's looking better again. It's finally a game. You know, who knows what happens? Not 30 seconds later, excuse me, 25 seconds later, Oilers come back. Evander Kane gets his 22nd of the year. And it's like, this has been a recurring problem for the last few months. And I'm going to pull up a stack here. You know, it's, it's funny. My uncle Kenny, um, you know, if he ever listens to this podcast, thank you for sending me this. This goes back to March 11th. They played Vegas. 103 seconds after the Penguins scored, Vegas got a goal. Carolina, 14 seconds after the Penguins scored, they gave up a goal. Nashville, in Nashville, a minute and a half after the Penguins scored, they gave up a goal. April 2nd, twice against the Avalanche. Within 30 seconds, they gave up a goal the other way. And actually, I, I, I could say on, the, on April 5th against the Avs, this one was in Pittsburgh, 31 seconds later. Against the Capitals, 16 seconds later after the Penguins um, scored to go up 1-0 very early on. They gave up another goal. Islanders, 53 seconds. Red Wings, 78 seconds. Philadelphia, 59 seconds. Edmonton tonight, 25 seconds. I know a couple of those were empty netters. But that has been a very big issue for the Penguins all month long. It has not changed. And if they're going to play like this in the playoffs, they are going to get swept. That's the reality of the situation. I try to be an optimist as much as I can. I try to be as level-headed as I can on this show for you all. But with how this team is playing and just the vibe I'm getting, they don't have it this year. It looks like, honestly, it's the end of a near 20-year run. That's that, that's how I see. You know, the team that I saw in December, January, February, hell, even a lot of March, it's non-existent right now. This, this team that I am watching for this last month, it's not the team I saw for eight eight to ten to twelve weeks early on in the season. It they they are a shell of their former selves right now. There was no pushback at all against the Oilers tonight. It looked like there was no loyalty, no spirit, no heart, anything like that. And I, I try not to bring up those intangibles a lot on this podcast. You know, some of those is overrated, but you know, it looks like a team that was just skating in mud. All game long, and, you know, that's that ain't going to work. No matter if they play the Rangers or the Panthers next week, it's a 50-50 shot. At this point, who the Penguins are going to play? The Capitals did lose tonight 4-1 to uh, to the Islanders, and if the Capitals lose again to the Islanders on Thursday, all the Penguins need to do on Friday is is beat the Blue Jackets at home, and they will play the Rangers in the first one. Otherwise, if Washington wins their last two games, um, It'll be Capitals, Rangers, and Penguins, Panthers, but um, just a total lackluster effort. I'm going to dive deep into the goals that were scored by the Oilers um, in the second segment, but um, I really just had to rant for this first segment. Um, You know, this was the loss that really I think has turned me the other side to the other side that this is not the Penguins' year. Um, I know. Again, I said for a long time that this team was a contender and you know, they're, they're, it's all going to be fine. But, you know, right now I, I would love for them to prove me wrong. I don't see it. That's, that's me, though. I, that, that's how I see it. So um, I know that my rant was maybe a little all over the place, but I just – I, I tried to put my thoughts together and, you know, be as clear as I can for you all and what I am seeing and what I am watching with this team. Um, it's just they are a very hard watch right now. Uh, to say the least. Coming be up in the second segment, I'm gonna go over the goals that were scored against the penguins and you know what needs to change for that heading into the playoffs. Before I get to that though, let's get to Hello Fresh. You get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients with HelloFresh and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. It's all about convenience with HelloFresh. Not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week so they always arrive fresh. All without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's market. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low calorie and carb conscious options. You go to hellofresh.com slash locked on 16, use code locked on 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, you know, it saves me a lot of time by not having to go to a grocery store every week. You know, it also saves me um, uh, quite a bit of money. As well. So again, HelloFresh.com slash locked on 16. and use code locked on 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember, to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So the goals that were scored tonight. Let's break them all down here. First one, I personally think to Casey DeSmith should have had that. Um, he really wasn't screened too hard. Um, on that Bouchard one, it went glove side, and you know, people are always going to say the, the glove side in quotation marks. But um, it looked like he saw it all the way to me. Um, I think you know if he's able to make that save, you know maybe the game turns out different, probably not. But you know it's at least a different, maybe different dynamic. Second one again, I, Jeff Carter ties the game after not having a good game. Crowds back into it. Penguins have the momentum. You know, you know they're, they're pushing a little bit. Twenty five seconds later, Brock McGinn gets toasted by Connor McDavid. No clue why he's on the ice against him. And then Evander Kane's able to finish off a chance because all the Penguin skaters are standing flat in the defensive zone. And that's a trend as well that I've been noticing a lot lately. I don't know why the team defense has fallen off a cliff like this. I think a good part of it has to do with their play in the neutral zone. Whenever the puck gets you know into the defensive zone, like the skaters are just, they're skating in mud and they're not moving their feet. And they're also failing to get the puck out on a lot of um, clear attempts. I was noticing that a lot tonight too. The Penguins would have the puck on their stick in the defensive zone and numerous times they're not able to get the puck out. You know, They're, they're doing these heathen prey plays, heathen prey plays, excuse me, that I like to call them where you know, you're just, you're, you're praying to God that an oiler is not, or an one of the opposition players, one of the opposing players, I cannot speak tonight, Jesus Christ. One of the opposing players is not jumping up and putting the puck down back in the offensive zone or, you know, pinning the puck against the glass and then dumping it around. And, you know, that, that was killing the Penguins a lot tonight. Um, again, you know, Especially on that first goal, you know, they had multiple attempts to get the puck out um, before Bouchard scored. And, you know, you know what Jeff Carter was on the ice for that one. He, you know, he's been playing a lot of third line minutes lately. Um, he cannot keep playing those. That's for sure. I would honestly put Teddy Bluger up there uh, just to send a message. I think he's been playing better than Carter at this point. I understand Carter scored tonight, but you know, had he not scored that goal, this was probably one of his worst goals of the year. And again, need I not remind you that he's still signed for two more years after this and his play is continuing to dip pretty far. Um, at this point. Yeah. It's just looking like a really bad contract right now for Onexon. you know, I was found with that. I was fine with it at the time because he was playing good. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, his f- points for 60 was actually decent league wide. He was producing defensively. He was not bad. Now he's just getting cratered um, on a, on a nightly basis at this point. And I um, his age is really starting to show. Um, I think this was the player that everyone was expecting the Penguins were going to get last year. And then obviously Carter goes on that massive heater Starts out the year playing really well too, and then you know since then uh, he has he's not been the same player. Uh, that's for sure. So again, you know, going back to the second goal too, you know, just again, just really bad team defense. Everyone is just standing still. There's no um, communication. It looks like it bucks in the back of the net. Third period, Oilers make it three to one. I mean, there's there, there's nothing doing um, defensively in that zone. I mean. Zach Hyman gets an easy rebound. Um, I mean, there's Chad Ruweedle and Chris Latang are right in front of Casey DeSmith. They have out, an outman two to one with Hyman down there. And you're telling me you can't you know, get Hyman out of the way so he doesn't put the, the Oilers up three to one? Um, just the net front problems continue to be a problem for the Penguins. You know, I touched on this on my Monday episode when I was talking about the Flyers game. You know, when Noah Cates of all people is scoring two goals against you right in front of the net with deflections, what is going to happen when you have to play one of Chris Kreider or Patrick Hornquist in, this, in the first round of the playoffs? They are going to eat this team alive. One of those two, at least, Will, in a seven-game series. And it's not going to be pretty. that's for damn sure. Um, I am very concerned about that aspect. Uh, for the play, uh, for the playoffs for the Penguins. So the fourth one, Connor McDavid, uh, what a shot. I mean, that's just r- ridiculous by him. Casey DeSmith made himself, I think, way too low in that. Match. And, you know, smith tonight, I'm not really going to blame him too much, but, you know, I would have liked to see a couple more saves. But, you know, the overarching thing, and I saw this on the timeline, and um, it, it's hard not to argue this. Wouldn't it be better right now with a one D goaltender? You know, I'm not going to sit here and say they should have gotten one at the trade deadline. I think that's, you know, totally, I think it's irresponsible to say. But there were some available over the offseason. And, you know, one of my good buddies, uh, Jason uh, from Penguin Twitter, for those that are not on social media, you know, Reimer only signed for $2.25 per. I hate to say this, Brock McGinn, love him, friend of the show, has 12 goals this year, but hasn't brought a lot of offense outside that. I mean, it's 500K more he's making. You could have given that 2.25. You could have given his contract to James Reimers. And, you know, potentially, you know, we're, we're singing a different tune right now. You know, if they're getting, you know, maybe a little bit of better goaltending because the goaltending, you know, down the stretch, I know De Smith has played, you know, mostly fine. But, you know, Tristan Jari, he wasn't able to get the time off that he needed. And, you know, now he's banged up and he had to play way too much. Early on, because DeSmith was not playing well, they didn't have a reliable backup at the time, and they got lucky that he turned his game around a little bit. Um, but, you know, it still frightens me that going into the playoffs, most likely Tristan Jari is not going to be healthy. He hasn't even started to skate yet. It's been almost two weeks since he broke his foot. And you know, There's 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 no chance that he's going to be ready for game one, unless he just pulls a miracle out of a hat here. Um, and the Penguins are going to have to go in here riding Casey DeSmith and their coattails on him. So um, it's just something that I'm very – much worried about to say the least, but you know, again, the penguins defensive issues continue to just plague the team. And again, there are so many moments where the penguins were just coughing up the puck numerous times, both in the um, defensive zone, the neutral zone, heck, even in the offensive zone, when the penguins had the puck passing it to nowhere, Evgeny Malkin had so many egregious passes. tonight. this was probably one of his worst games of the season. Um, I think he's had, it was just nothing was working for him. Um, you know, again, you know, I, I, I partly say that having Brock begin on his line is not good. Um, uh, it's never been a good thing. I would like to see Mike Sullivan change that, um, going into the final game of the regular season against Columbus. But, you know, I, I you know, we'll, we'll see at this point. You know the lone goal was scored by Jeff Carter. Um, it was a nice, you know, bounce off the end boards, you know, he's almost at 20 now. Um, for the season so, you know, nice for him to get that but you know that's really the only good thing i guess i can say about this game you know maybe other than chowder weedle really starting to gain more confidence in his play i really like how he's continuing to jump into the play offensively a lot more um but i just I'm, I'm sorry guys i just don't have the vibes right now um i haven't felt this somber about the penguins uh since the 2014-15 season It's just it seems like this is truly the end Of a near 20-year run um, by this this team and this core, Um, I would love to be proven wrong, but I just my confidence is cratered. Nothing nothing's been fixed. The finishing hasn't regressed. Um, You know they didn't they didn't replace Jared McCann um, when they decided to trade him. I still think that's haunting the Penguins. Um, Imagine if they protected him and not his great captain with how he's playing right now. Season potentially looks a lot different, especially with how McCann has played the contract he signed. Um, I I think that's a decision that's going to haunt Ron next on Brian Burke for years to come. That's for sure. And again, you know, not getting a goaltender over the off season to help Tristan Jari, I think is going to, you know, really bite this team in the playoffs. And, you know, I also think going into next year, um, I know it's maybe a little too early to say this, they're going to have to go out and get another defenseman that can move the puck and is uh, a bit more offensive. Um, Chris Letang, if even if he is back, he's great, but he's not going to play like at this level for this much longer. Mike Matheson's great, um, but after that, you have players that don't bring a lot of offense. I mean, Pedersen's a good defensive defenseman. John Marino's offensive game is, is never going to come out, I think, at this point. Trevor Riedel has been no better at activating himself, but he's still mainly a defensive defenseman. Brian Dumoulin looks cooked. You might have to go out and get a top-four guy, um, and you might have to pay up. Uh, to get one too and there's just like there I just I feel like right now there's so many holes that are plaguing this team that are really coming to life and you know I was definitely ignoring them early on the season when the team was looking like a contender because it looked like the Penguins were going to be able to get by those shortcomings but right now you know when everything just comes to a head um, it just it looks bad to say the least um, so a little more to get to for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Before I get to that, though, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a million business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are right below for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com. Right now, and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and you can write On in their How to Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO Um, underscore penguins. I'm stuttering very bad there. I very much apologize um, for that. Um, I feel like I've said almost everything I've wanted to say with this episode. Um, I did not want to get to some of the underlying numbers tonight from the lines on the list that we saw. So let's take a look at it here. So the McGinn, Malkin, Raquel line, 28% of the shot attempts at even strength, uh, 80% of the scoring chances, so a little bit better there, 79% of the expected goals, but um, they still got out of attempt due to do it. Oblivion, the Heinen, Carter, Kapanen line was um, really bad. They had 10% of the expected goals. They had 11% of the shot attempts. Uh, Scoring chances lies. They had twenty five percent of those. I never want to see that third line again. Um, Dana Heinen is a much better player um, than people give him credit for. He should not be playing with Jeff Gardner and Kasperi Capen again. Kesberry Capen should not even be in the lineup right now. Um I have had enough of him with how he's playing. Um, he he needs to be scratched for Game eighty two and probably for Game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, the Gensel Crosby russ line was on ice for fifty four percent of the shot attempts but only had an expected goals rate of 14%, 38% of the scoring chances score. You will not see that again from Sidney Crosby. I think he's going to take that very personally going into the last game of the season and into the playoffs. He's he's going to be pissed after this because you don't usually see his line, even with when Brian Russ is on it, get stifled like that. Um, no matter who they play in the playoffs, whether it's the Rangers or the Panthers, he is going to be absolutely livid. I um, and it's very weird that of all teams, the Oilers are going to shut them down because the Oilers are not known for being a good defensive team. I mean, their defensive corps, um, is they're, they're terrible. I mean, they were also, they were down Darnell Nurse tonight. Oscar Clefbaum's out for the year. I mean, their best defenseman tonight is basically what Evan Bouchard and he's a second pairing guy, Cody Cece, Duncan Keith, Chris Russell. I mean, the fact that you're only scoring one goal on those defensemen, um, it's, you know, pr- pretty embarrassing, uh, to say the least. So, um, I definitely think, and I will hope, that the the forward lines are definitely switched going into the next game. Defensively, the defensive lines—I don't think um, they're. I mean, defensive pairings—I don't think they're going to change them that much. Um, I don't. I don't really think they need to do anything um, there. Um, But you know, there's one more game here. Um, I said. These last five games are going to tell me a lot, and they have so far. The first two looked good. I said, "Okay, you know, maybe things are going back in the right direction." I said after the Flyers lost, "Okay, you know, what if it turns around again on Tuesday?" And boy, was I wrong. You know, right now, everything's telling me that this team is going to either get swept in the first round or you know lose in five games. Um, I just not, nothing is going right for them right now. Again, you know, for you know all you for if you prefer one matchup or the other. If the Capitals win their last two games, they will play the Rangers. The Penguins will play the Panthers. If the Capitals lose, lose on Thursday, all the Penguins have to do on Friday is either win against the Blue Jackets or the Capitals um, lose no, no matter what. Um, that, that's, the, that's the situation there for the Penguins. Um, I was very surprised. I think that Mike Sullivan did not really say much to the media after the game. He didn't really lay into the team. I, I guess he has some sort of loyalty to this group. Um, Though I I did see a report from Jesse Marshall during the game. Someone asked him, how concerned are you about the team right now? He said about 7.7. And then I think someone else asked him, do you think Mike Sullivan is back next year? And um, Jesse had a very interesting answer where he said, I don't know what the ownership group is going to do, but it's definitely not looking that good right now, to say the least. So um, if this team is out early again, could we see a coaching change? Could Arguably the best head coach in this franchise's history, be out during the offseason. Could the Penguins be looking for a new head coach um, in this Sydney Crosby era after seven uh, full seasons of Mike being the head coach? No, who, who knows, uh, to say the least, there. But yeah, bad, bad vibes all around right now. There's nothing the Penguins are doing good. And maybe they flip the switch next week, maybe starting on Friday against the Blue Jackets. Who knows? But. Right now, Yins, I don't see it. I just, it's too many red flags for me. And, you know, they look like, at least in terms of contenders, they're at the bottom of the barrel. That's that's how I see it. Um, that, I think, will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. If you somehow made it to the end, I very much appreciate you, you know, even though I just basically ragged on the team for 26 minutes. Um, I did I did forget though, the power play again was abysmal tonight. Um, the puck movement was eh, they're overpassing like crap, and you know, they're they're not they're still not finishing their chances. Um, there were just so many brain dead moments, I thought, from the penguins on the main advantage, and it doesn't look like it's gonna get fixed anytime soon. Brian Russ continues to also play like utter garbage. He's not hitting the net. He's not producing, I believe it's now his seventh or eighth game in a row where he hasn't even had a point. Um, that's not boding well for his chances to be signed with the team next season. I don't want to see him play like that on the team if he's going to get a long term extension. Uh, that's for sure. If the Penguins do want to go down that road, um, but again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the show. I very much appreciate it. If, I, if it was, you know, if it was all back and forth between different things, I apologize. I tried to be, you know, as strict as and concise as I can be. I'm just, you know, I'm fed up with what I'm seeing. And I, and I know you all are right now, right? As to, you know, this, this team looks dead and, you know, <laughs> prove me wrong. That's all I can say. Make me eat some crow at this point. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with another, with another episode on Wednesday and then Thursday. And of course on Friday, um, I believe I'm going to have Taylor Haas on from DK Pittsburgh sports and then the playoffs start, and we'll see what this team can do. So thank you all so much. I'll be back with you all for a fresh episode of the Walked On Penguins podcast on Wednesday.